0: Welcome to another episode of ENN. My name is Lupe, and this is Exiles Network News. It is that weekly entertainment news podcast where your very own film exiles take on the most interesting topics and discuss them in Exiles fashion. That means we keep it the realest, we keep it 100, because what has already been exiled. Cannot be cancelled We usually have Paul on It's, you know, usually a triumvirate, Usually a trinity But today date, it's just <laughs> Christian and I So, Christian, welcome
1: We're the dynamic duo, man hey, I'm gonna Here's miss Paul, but we could do it We could do it Yeah, well, yeah. This is a big week, man
0: <laughs> Yep, it is a big week And we're gonna talk about that, alright So, this is ENN number 15 We've been at it for 15 weeks. That, that sounds surreal. You Pop know, open
1: the for champagne.
0: For real. Wow. That's amazing. So um, let's tell our audience what we have for them today. This is a rundown. The Lego franchise is working on a deal with Paramount Pictures and WB may be seated rights. It's Star Wars Episode 9 week and reactions have come in And we're going to talk about our reactions to the reactions. Then in our coming soon section, we're going to talk about three major trailers that hit this past week. The Top Gun Maverick trailer, The Woman in the Window trailer, and Tenant. So, without further ado, let's get right into the business. So, Lego... Uh, the animated franchise has been under the stewardship of WB. We've had the Lego Movie, the Lego Batman Movie, the Lego Ninjago Movie. We've had Lego Movie Two, and I think there were there were a couple planned out. However, in news that hit me out of left field, we hear that uh, Universal is now leading a pack of several studios. Who are trying to sign the Lego IP under their studio banner. So it's possible that it could switch from WB to another uh, studio. but the the question that I have for you Kristen and, and thing that we should really you know get to discussing is first off, how? much of a uh surprise is this to you and what do you think about the lego franchise and why should it even change studios this is also strange uh go ahead and tell us what you think of this news
1: you're 100 right this news when you sent me this i was totally shocked at this one you know i mean we we try to keep an eye on what's going on on twitter and all the different uh movie news that comes out whether it's deadline and it's the trades or whether it's just rumor mill and this was weird man this this came out of nowhere now I, I could be wrong, but I think there is still a teeny tiny window for Warner Brothers to green light another movie and then they mm-hmm. could keep the rights, but it doesn't look like they're going to do that. That apparently the rumor is that they're not going to green light another movie. And the the Lego franchise is in a funky place. Now I don't know about you, but I found, the original Lego Movie to be highly entertaining. It was stupid. My IQ definitely went backwards when I watched <laughs> the movie, but it was highly entertaining with a great vocal cast with Will Arnett and 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 had um, uh, Elizabeth Banks and it, it just and Chris Pratt just a wonderful vocal cast. And I thought it was funny and it had the catchy "Everything is Awesome" song and it was mm-hmm. it was cool and it was hip and it was it just was a happy thing. And I saw a lot of kids in the theater with their parents and. I thought it was a, a nice thing and they they dropped all these cameos in with like the Star Wars characters, right? Mm-hmm. And the Lego franchise has been in a has has also been in video games as well. So this kind of brought everything together and now we had it on the big screen. But it it was also kind of like the same joke that was carried over for a two-hour movie. And I definitely I didn't see the Ninjago movie until it was on digital later on. And it was the same thing. I was like, hmm, okay, funny movie, but kind of the same thing right Mm -hmm. and then the lego batman movie i found that to be fantastic i i thought the lego you know and then we got all a bunch of memes out of it like the nope 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 nope. you know we got that whole meme out of it and will arnett was great and i thought zach galifianakis did a wonderful job as the joker and and it was really cool and i want to by the way real quick say at the end of all those movies especially lego movie one the way they bought it home with how it was really the kid that had a tough relationship with his father and lord business was really his dad and the you know, the 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 fortress was really his father's red tie and it was all in the kids imagination and i thought those were really nice family moments that brought us all back to being children mm-hmm. then we got lego movie 2 and i felt like everything just kind of you know mm-hmm. it sputtered out and it just felt very tired and the jokes felt like they were very tired and old and it wasn't as exciting anymore and fresh so you're right. I think they had a bunch of stuff that was in development. So this is really weird. And mm. the thing, I guess, that worries me is I believe that the best parts of the franchise are Lego Batman, the fact that Channing Tatum was kind of like a player Superman, right? Mm-hmm. Like he was like, hey, girl, what's up? Yo? You know, like doing stuff like that. <laughs> and if these rights go to another studio, I think they have to create new characters. I don't think they can keep the characters that were created like Wildstyle and Emmett. I believe that's the case. So, yeah. This leaves the franchise in a really funky place. And can they even build on it? Because I felt like the last one was very tired.
0: Okay. I mean, I, I kind of agree with you. I thought that the first Lego movie was absolutely fantastic. Came out of left field and blew me away. Like, I was like, how is this going to work? Like, you know, right? Legos, you know, it's going to be like super weird. And it just, it just works. funny.
1: It was but, funny.
0: <laughs> yeah, it really was. But but then after that, um, I wouldn't say the movies have been bad. But as you said, that novelty of seeing Lego figures, you know, animated, it kind of wears thin a little bit. And then they have to prove themselves in terms of being great films. And it's been a mixed bag. I haven't hated any of them, but I can say I absolutely loved any of them after the first Lego movie. Um, the box office totals are as follows. The first Lego movie made $468 million. Then the Lego Batman movie followed that with $312 million U.S. million. Then the Lego Ninjago movie made only $123.1 million. Then the Lego movie, too, made... 191 million so we can see you know like a general sharp decline in uh, the revenue that the franchise was bringing and when you look at animated movies I mean they bring in a lot of money these are potential Mm -hmm. billion dollar franchises so in terms of the financial side I can see why WB is lukewarm on this However, my question is this is that what does Paramount think they're going to do with it?
1: Yeah, that's an interesting question. I mean, like, it,
0: it, I, I think I think the movies are good so far. I mean, at least they're not they're not horrible. So No. No, they're definitely not. The, yeah, so what are you going to do? I'm just I'm I'm a bit confused. I think the problem with the franchise, if you can call it a problem, is that it is Lego figures and that novelty wears thin real fast that's just that i think that's just it so whether you move it to universal or you move it to disney or you move it to venus or pluto it's still (laughs) the same it's still the same problem what what do you think that uh universal could do to i don't know change things a little bit
1: Mm. Well, you know, Warner, Warner Brothers had – they were lucky because they had the access to all their DC characters, right? So mm-hmm. when they when they decided to do this, even though they created Emmett and they created Wildstyle, and there were a couple of others that that were brand new characters, they could lean heavily into Lego Batman and they can lean heavily into everybody else. They even had Shaquille O'Neal, which I thought was funny. Uh, you know, they put him in there and they had Godzilla and stuff. Mm-hmm. So what this could be – maybe I'm wrong, but I just want to throw it out there. This could be something else that speaks to what's happening in the industry in general, where everybody is trying to gobble up content. Mm. Everyone's trying to gobble up content, whether they're trying to gobble it up for direct to consumer or whatever. Mm -hmm. And everyone's looking for franchises, especially because Disney just recently purchased 21st Century Fox and they own a truly disgusting amount of content. Mm -hmm. And even if that company were to get broken up, they're going to keep a lot of that content in their library and in order to fight that in order to be another company that you can create new content based on a franchise hopefully get something that could give you 500 million dollars you got to gobble this stuff up mm-hmm. maybe universal can do something with their you know universal studios has access to all the old monster stuff they got vampire things and you know they obviously have Jurassic Park Mm-hmm. is that something that they could potentially tap into in the future because they're not going to be able to use the dc characters you know that but mm-hmm. i mean could they potentially tap into marvel because universal has an okay relationship with marvel right now so mm-hmm. is that something they could do that's the only thing i could think of they you don't buy something like that unless you think you got a franchise on your hands well, right
0: true. unless you have a, a concrete plan it's just i'm not seeing it from my vantage point i think it's yeah. really it's really um Sad for WB because WB is, you know, one of the biggest, if not like the second biggest studio. Yeah. In yeah. With, a, with a really, you know, illustrious uh heritage and pedigree. And they don't seem to have any animation franchises or success stories that they can really, you know, hang their hat on. Um and I think that's that's a that's a big void in their portfolio of films. They do a lot of adult content very well, but um, on the on the movie side, their animation division is just not pulling its weight. Maybe some heads need to roll and some new, you know, fresh blood needs to come in and, you know, bring some new ideas. But it's gonna be very interesting to see how it all plays out. I hope that it stays at WV because I do like what they do with the superhero characters of DC and Lego. I just think they may need to set their expectations a little bit lower. Although it's already pretty much rock bottom.
1: Yeah, and I think you just brought up a good point. You know, I mean, the first one makes over four hundred million dollars, and then the second—I know there were a couple of movies in between—but then the second one barely scratches two hundred million. Yeah, you, you got to start thinking that they got to refresh this somehow, right? Mm-hmm. It, yeah. It, you can't, yeah, you can't—you can't just keep doing it because and expecting to get a different result.
0: Yep. Sure. Yep. Well, we'll see what the future holds for the Lego franchise, and we'll keep you guys updated on the preceding events. Well, now for the main event. That was just a warm-up. <laughs> All right. That was just a warm-up. I hope you're stretched. I hope you, you know, took your energy drink and you're ready because it's Star Wars week, and we're going to talk about Star Wars. And whenever you talk about Star Wars these days, it's always Explosive it's always Controversial it's always Contentious and The episode Nine reactions have come in My Expectation Has been Met in terms of The film being Controversial I think J.J. Abrams was brought in to You know ease the waters And You know, keep the boat going along smoothly. But my goodness, it's been a battleground out in film, Twitter, on social media, amongst fans and critics. So in a shocking turn of events, if you look on uh, the the critical uh, aggregator sites, Uh, Rotten Tomatoes um, Star Wars episode 9 has a 57% Which is rotten on their site Metacritic it has a 53% Which equals a mixed Negative rating So basically it's really Pretty much critics versus fans Mm -hmm. The Last Jedi fans versus The Force Awakens fans Rian Johnson versus JJ (laughs) Christian What do you think of this divide? And were you expecting this and Who is to blame, if there's anyone to blame? What do you just think of this whole situation?
1: You know what? As a Star Wars fan, and a Star Wars fan for a long time, as a lover of The Last Jedi, as someone who understands why Last Jedi was so divisive, it doesn't matter if I love it. I do get it. Just because I love it doesn't mean I don't see the other side. I've spoken with enough of my fellow Star Wars fans. The bottom line of it, to me, is that it's very sad. The fandom has been divided since the prequel era and was they, they hated George Lucas ever since he introduced midichlorians. And it was one of the reasons he sold one of the reasons he sold yeah. and backed out is he said, dude, yeah. he said, I've had, I've had enough. I, I, you, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. He just was, I've had enough at this point. The fandom it, it, it is so hard to please.
0: Look, like, let's, let's, let's call a spade a spade. Star Wars has the most toxic and worst fandom. I, that's just, that's the facts.
1: I'm hesitant to say it because I'm part of it, but I I have trouble arguing with you. You know what I mean? Like I have trouble arguing that because I
0: mean, which, which franchise literally made its creator sell it because he got (laughs) so much hate.
1: It's the only one. It's the only one. And, And it's, It's unbelievable that it had to happen this way. It's sad, and and I'll repeat what I said before. I'm very upset about it. I'm really sad about it because there really is no fandom out there that eats itself alive the way Star Wars fandom does. And we attack one another. We get angry at each other. We call each other names. I try not to do that. I really do. I'm being honest. I've gotten involved in a lot of these arguments, but uh, it's been lobbed at me, and I've watched them do it left and right. And the vitriol has only gotten worse with the advent of social media. It's only made it worse. So that's number one. Number two, am I shocked? No, not at all. And I'm not shocked for multiple reasons. I'm not shocked because of what you and I just talked about because of the toxicity in the star Wars fan base and the way it's been since the very beginning. So that doesn't surprise me. And the ownership and entitlement that people have over something that they started watching probably when they were 10 years old and now they're 40. So for 30 years, 40 years, they've, they've had this thing and they think that they want to see it a certain way. Um, Another reason I'm not too d- surprised by this is because Last Jedi was as divisive as it was. It was such a divisive movie. I didn't think that the reviews for this could p- could go anywhere except mixed. I didn't think there was any way that the fans could be any way but mixed on this. Because people who love The Last Jedi defend it wholeheartedly. And people that hate it tell people like me that I'm stupid for liking that movie that we're idiotic for liking that movie. We're not real fans because we like that movie. So now for the, the, the difference has always been that people like me have had the press on our side, right? Mm-hmm. Because it seems like most of the reviewers online loved last Jedi and the new direction it took. And the fact that it, it took risks and it was more cerebral and made us question our fandom and made us question the force and question the Jedi and things of that nature. And get us what JJ Abrams jumps in and does exactly what you just said. He goes and gets nostalgic and he brings us back, and he blows everything away from The Last Jedi, apparently. I haven't seen the movie. I'm going to see it in three days. But that's what I'm reading about online. And now, guess what? Now we have Division again, because everybody that loved Last Jedi is now pissed off. And the people that hated Last Jedi are saying, see, oh, I'm vindicated. So I'm not really surprised at this, man. I'm just saddened. Mm-hmm. And the final thing I'll say to answer your third part of your question, who's to blame? I think it's twofold. I think it's Disney number one, and it's mm-hmm. the fandom number two. And I think it's, and I apologize for going off on a tangent, but I think it's
0: no, this is fine. Go, go ahead.
1: I think it's Disney because it's clear to me that they didn't necessarily have a complete plan. Mm. Uh, and and Kathleen Kennedy, who has had success, by the way, not only before Star Wars but with Star Wars, she's had success with Star Wars as well. But I think under her leadership, there's been a bit of a scattershot shotgun approach to things, and mm. they've gotten very reactionary. Mm-hmm. Um, and instead of listening to maybe what the fandom wanted. Even if I disagree with what the fandom wanted, because all they wanted was a little bit more nostalgia, they decided to really rock the boat when they got Ryan Johnson. And the reason, the second part of it, the reason that the fandom is partly to blame is because of what we've done to not only one another, but what we've done to the actors, the actresses, and the people that have been part of this. What we did to Ryan Johnson, who became a snarky kind of jerk after all this, but I don't blame him. I don't blame him. Because they attacked him and said, you suck, you made the worst movie in the world, I hate you, I hope you die. So... Dude, I think there's more than enough blame to go around here, and maybe I'm part of it too. But it just—the bottom line is—before we talk about this more, I'll—I'll I'll toss it back to you, and you—and you and I can have more of a discussion about this. I'm just saddened by this because I love this franchise, I adore it, and watching the fandom rip itself apart like this—and just—and—and and no one blames themselves; they all blame the other person. It's either Disney's fault or it's that guy's fault. Or it's that guy's fault for hating Last Jedi, or that guy's fault for liking Last Jedi. Nobody looks inward and says, "Maybe we are just a little bit of the problem." We just blame everybody else, and it just makes me sad.
0: I can I can imagine your pain as a, as a lifelong Star Wars fan, fully invested in the world, fully invested in the stories, and you know, having everything play out this way. And it's funny that you know, there's this famous quote. From George Lucas he said something about mm-hmm. Star Wars like a, is like Poetry that you know rhymes You know over and over again mm-hmm. And it seems like This fan discontent This malcontent This you know divisiveness It seems to Reverberate through time It mm-hmm. seems you know to be Something that has happened before And is happening again and will it happen Again in the future it's just it's really sad. I can relate as a DC fan to, to the way this whole saga has gone because I look at it much like the way that, you know, um, Zack Snyder's Superman saga, you know, was mm-hmm. was just mm-hmm. turned this way and that in the wind due to mm-hmm. heavy fan criticism, you know? the, the a lot the, of parallels. Yeah, definitely there're definite parallels. The thing yeah. about these these situations is that there is nothing wrong in people disliking a movie. No. Or, absolutely. You know, nothing wrong in that. Nobody's saying that you know people should, you know be uh victims of groupthink and be mind slaves and everybody just, you know follow along and step with, you know whatever <laughs> the the main uh thrust of opinion is. But what happened with Zack Snyder's Batman v Superman and with The Last Jedi, there was this incessant, unrelenting, obsessive, maniacal Mm -hmm. attack on the material. It wasn't good enough to say, I don't like this. Whatever. I'm moving on. People had to make videos on it. People had to insult creators. People had to attack studios, mount hate campaigns. Talk about it for months and months and and bully, you know, berate the whole nine yards. I'll never forget when Batman v Superman came out for an entire year. I mean, at the end of the year, people were still making, you know, top ten lists saying that Batman v Superman is like the worst movie of the year. Like,
1: right, right, right. We still see that to this day. I just sent you guys a tweet the other day where some guy said, how many years removed from that movie? And he's like, yeah, it's the worst comic book movie of the decade. You're still, you're still harping on this. Uh, Incredible. Incredible. Sorry. Go ahead.
0: Absolutely. Like, 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 as you said, incredible. Just, you, you just can't wrap your mind around it. And that's why the studio decided to retcon everything and just, you know, one thing that we said about Justice League, people who are fans of, of the DCU is that if you want Justice League, it's like a somebody, you know, looked at a list of what people hated about Batman v Superman and you know that movies and just started checking off the boxes. It should be more mm-hmm. colorful. There should be more smiles. It should be, you know, less uh complex. It should be more straightforward. Mm-hmm. Ron true. like every single thing. And I have heard, I haven't yet seen, but I've heard that that's the exact same thing that has happened with Star Wars Episode Nine. Mm-hmm. I mean, the parallels are just... And for me, regardless of the quality of the movie, that's a very sad thing. Yes. That is terrible. And I'm, I'm not, you know... I, I'm not one of the people who hated The Last Jedi so much, and I don't understand what they're going through. I can't claim to. But no matter... What side I am on, I don't see how pandering is something that anyone will accept or take kindly to, or you know, really be happy about. Even with people may say, "Oh no, but look at you! You know, you want the Snyder Cut, and wouldn't you like it if you know the Justice League movies come and but they do this?" No. I've actually said that I don't want Zack Snyder to direct any more DC movies. Mm-hmm. I actually mm-hmm. don't I actually do not want it. I actually think that at mm-hmm. this point, that bridge has been burned. I yeah. think that he deserves better than the treatment that he got. I think that if they do, it will be pandering. If 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 we get these movies, it will be another course correction just mm-hmm. because of the hate that they got. And I don't like pandering. I like art and I like creativity to come from a place of real honesty. Uh An honest voice expressing itself through creative mediums. That's Uh what art is. And I'm so disappointed in J.J. Abrams. Guys, if you're listening to this and you haven't seen our Star Wars Episode Nine preview, uh, even if you've seen the, the movie, you should probably watch... It or listen to it on podcast form because it was, you know, really entertaining and uh, it would be fun to see how some of the things that we talked about before were reflected in the film. But one of the things that I said is about JJ Abrams, he's a frustrating director because this is a guy who is like super skilled. We're not talking oh, he's about very
1: talented, very talented. About, uh, yeah. The dude
0: is one of the, the best directors in the world, period. And you have all that power and talent mm-hmm. and you just make all these fan service y mass appeal bland copy and paste movies it's so frustrating and i knew he was going to do this because i mean the best predictor of the future is history and yeah. we he did it with the force awakens he did a pandering nostalgia driven generic formulaic film and i'm hearing that he's done that with uh, episode nine and it's just it's so sad and also on a on a minor note for those who know this is really a big blow for Chris Terrio's um, Chris Terrio. He's, he's a, he's a prolific writer in Hollywood. Oh, he's been around. Bro, yeah. Yeah. He yeah. wrote Argo won an Oscar for that. He mm-hmm. wrote Batman and Superman, which I absolutely love. It's one of the most quotable superhero movies ever really deep, a lot of philosophy, like incredible dialogue. Um, and then uh, he wrote episode nine. And for him, to have written all these movies that have all this contention, it's 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 really like weird. I want to see what the dialogue is like. I've heard from people who are fans of Batman v Superman that it's not as if Chris Terrier wrote the film. So maybe Batman v Superman has a lot more Zack Snyder than we actually thought.
1: Yeah, and you know, uh, and and I do believe that this what happened with the Last Jedi actually does have more in common with BVS than it does with Justice League, simply because. Justice League was ripped away from Zach after the horrific tragedy of his daughter and, and it was given to another person. And then that movie got chopped up to an oblivion, but BVS was made whether or not I love the movie whether or not you love the movie or Paul, you know, it doesn't really matter. BVS was made to be a little different and it had higher ideals
0: mm-hmm. it had
1: deeper themes mm-hmm. and, and, and it worked for some people and it didn't work for others, but the people that it didn't work for, for the love of God, they destroy it, and they not only destroy it, but they feel the need to tell somebody like you who loves it that you're stupid for liking it. Mm-hmm. That's what happened to me with Last Jedi. Now, a guy yeah. like Paul, I, I appreciate him because he has said he hasn't done that, but the only side note is that he felt the only differences between the BVS fans and the Last Jedi fans is the Last Jedi fans like myself had the blue checks on our side. Mm-hmm. BVS fans never had the blue checks on your side. Mm-hmm. You never did. So, you guys are always fighting an uphill battle. Mm-hmm. A couple quick things I'll add is I hope I was very clear. I'm glad you said what you said. I am not against anyone for liking or disliking Last Jedi. If you hate that mm-hmm. movie, that's cool. More power to you. I don't want you, you don't have to love the movie. All I ask is that you don't tell me to hate it, and I'm not mm-hmm. going to tell you to love it. That, that's it. Yep. You know, we do your. And another thing I want to mention as well is that. There is an anti-Disney – I don't know what you want to call it, but there is a cord that's running through here. There's an Mm anti-Disney undercurrent that runs through this, whether it's deserved or not, and I think it is deserved. And you know me. I like a lot of Disney stuff, but I'm not blind to what Disney does. They market things a certain way. They push characters a certain way. They check their little boxes, right? They say, well, mm-hmm. we have to have a character with purple hair. Check. Right? <laughs> you know, they have to, you know, they have to do these little things and then they check it and then they force it down your throat. And then because they didn't quote unquote officially do it, they can always have plausible deniability mm-hmm. and say that they didn't do it. So there is an anti-Disney undercurrent that I think runs through all of this that Disney probably, hey man, you make your bed, you got to sleep in it, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so and that did not help anything that happened with last Jedi because a lot of the people that got angry at it got angry because they felt that they were having some of that stuff thrown in their face well, yeah. I didn't but yeah,
0: yeah. I, I didn't yeah. either no, but I, I, didn't. Can, I can I can see I can see you know some of their some of their concerns as I say with with all that stuff we're we're all proponents of uh of diversity in, yes. in film and yes. entertainment and media and um you know, we're, we're all for that. But you have to be very, very careful and very tactful mm-hmm. because, as, as I've said, it's about inclusion, not excluding anybody. So it, it should never be about, okay, now we're including people. So white men, straight white men, get out of here, you know, get kicked to the curb. <laughs> yeah. It should right. be like, it should right. be everybody eats. It should be about everybody. Exactly. So whenever I see that they, that they, you know, take the approach of, clumsily brutally um attacking or making Mm -hmm. white men feel less than you know less than they should that even me i'm not a white i'm not a white person it makes me cringe because you shouldn't you shouldn't make anyone feel bad or less than or dispossess them of, of things that you know, of of cultural things that you know they feel belong to them. There's room for everybody, and we can for all everyone. and we should all exist, and we're all better together.
1: Yes, you know? yes, so. the, the, absolutely. We're stronger together than we are apart. There's more that binds us, and there's more than we have in common than that separates us. Yeah, and so
0: it, Hollywood has to be very careful with how they how they you know push the the inclusivity agenda, which is a very noble cause, but yes. sometimes. They just they just take a, a, a hack and just go crazy <laughs> <laughs> without race, without finesse, you know. So mm-hmm.
1: and I think Disney's I, guilty of that. Yeah.
0: You know? Yeah. Yeah. Not only Disney, a lot of a lot of other, you know, creators, you know, and, and it's interesting, they they live in, you know, a city, a town where it's, you know, the buzzwords and it's, you know, helping movies get green and mm-hmm. when The only people you talk to are, you know, those kind of, you know, people that we see on Twitter who don't even seem like real people. Yeah, that you surround yourself with twenty four seven. You don't really know. I don't want to say what's going on in the real world, but you don't have a better appreciation for, you know, what's going on in other places. And so, um, we'll we'll see how things go going forward. Obviously, we're gonna have a review of this. Christian is at uh, Nepal. Excuse me, is actually watching it as we speak.
1: Yes, he is. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> he's our... under strict orders not to spoil it on me for no, a couple spoiler, days.
0: <laughs> so our spoiler-free review will be dropping imminently, imminently, and uh, we'll we'll see how this whole thing goes. I, I feel bad for Star Wars fans, um, but at the same time, I don't feel bad for critics. Who, to be sincere, are fans because I feel like. When I see them really upset about what has happened to to episode 9, mm-hmm. I remind them that this is what y'all did. Yep. To, to yep. DC Universe. This is like yep. it's exactly what you did. Like you bitched and you moaned and you berated and you badged and you bullied continually until the studio was like we're going to you know change it and they ended up ruining, you know, the franchise because of it. So, Star Wars, what you week. wish for right? Yeah, you get what you wish for. <laughs> Karma is a bitch. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing it. I won't be able to see it this week because I'm super busy with work, but mm-hmm. um, I'll have a day off next week, and uh, Chris, Toxic Doctor himself, and I will go and we'll see it. So you nice. guys will hear from us. So what about you? When are you going to see Star Wars Episode Nine?
1: I'm seeing it uh, this Saturday at 5 p.m. So it's just a couple of days away. Awesome, awesome. And I'm pumped, uh, man. Sure. I gotta tell you, I don't care. I'm 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 yeah. excited for this. I'm yeah, excited.
0: Dude, I, I, I I'm not sure what my expectations are. I just from hearing everything, I think I've set my expectations right. Yeah,
1: I know? think so too.
0: Yeah, I should yeah. enjoy it. Yeah. Okay, so let's go into our coming soon section. And we have three really cool trailers to talk about. They're three completely different types of movies, and yeah, man. Uh, From what I can see, they're all really good movies. So, let's start with Top Gun Maverick. And this one is directed by John Kosinski and stars Tom Cruise. It's obviously a sequel to the 1980s massive, Mm -hmm. iconic movie, Top Gun. So, uh, Christian, you're a fan of Top Gun. What (laughs) do you think of this trailer?
1: Uh, Man, dude, this is... uh... Top Gun is like, that's '80s, man. I don't know. I don't know how much more '80s you can get than Top Gun. It's and it's like, it's like peak Tom Cruise, right? Like grinning like an idiot and smiling and, and getting the girl and, and 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 you know they're on the beach and they're playing volleyball and the guys got their shirts off and they're all sweating and everybody's like macho and you got yeah. Val Kilmer being Val Kilmer and uh, dude, I don't know how much cooler you can get than Top Gun. The movie's kind of dumb. Let's be mm-hmm. honest, it's kind of dumb, and there is some kind of silly, I don't know, they, they they say they're flying over the Middle East or something at the end, and nobody cares, and a couple of planes get shot down, and they bug out, and that's pretty much the end of it, and, you know, America, we all love it, yay, right, okay, so that's how the movie ends, but it's just such a fun 80s flick, except for poor Goose dying. And we live in this strange era where basically you got to reboot everything or everything's a sequel because there are no original ideas left anymore. And that seems to be what Hollywood likes to go for. I think there are a lot of things that could potentially go against this. And then I watched the trailer and I'm sold. Mm. I, I, I think I'm there day one. This mm. is like we reviewed Ghostbusters trailer last week. Mm-hmm. This reminds me of that where they squeezed just enough nostalgia in it with just enough like seriousness darkness and action and really cool flying action and cinematography to sell me immediately and say you know what if i'm gonna go see a top gun movie that's what i want to see and i'll let you talk a little bit more about the cinematography when you do your review because you're definitely more into that than i am and i think that you can come from a different place than i can but the one thing i will mention is that in the 80s those plane sequences always looked slightly fake you know Mm. even though they did use real footage some of the stuff just didn't look Super exciting. It was fun, but it didn't look super exciting. This stuff now looks like it's being moved to a different level. Yeah, totally looks like it's being moved to a different level. And it looks like we're getting a mysterious high-speed airplane that Maverick is flying. Um, And I guess that's some kind of undercover black op, you know, a black program. And uh, he's ordered back in. Maverick's ordered back into the Top Gun program. He's put in charge of training a group of, like, cocky Hornet pilots. Um, And somebody must die during the training because he breaks up a fight with a couple pilots, right? (laughs) So it's kind of similar to the whole Goose thing. But we got got the guys at the beach. It looks like they're playing a game again. I don't know if it's volleyball. So... He's popping his air brakes during the air training and stuff, dude. I think this movie's going to be a lot of fun, so I want to hear what you have to say about it. But I, I think my wife and I are going to be seeing this on opening day,
0: yeah. Um, I'm not the biggest, you know, original Top Gun fan, I just never got into it culturally. Um, but I'm a massive fan of John Kosinski, the director of this mm. film. He directed mm. Tron Legacy, which is one of the best looking uh movies ever. He also Directed Oblivion. Oblivion is also one of the best looking movies ever in terms of, you know, cold hard sci-fi. Mm-hmm. Um, and he brings that same visual talent to bear on this film. And I think people are gonna be so thrilled by how he shoots and captures, you know, the dog fights. He's gonna mm-hmm. he's gonna do new things for uh jet dog fights that have never been done before i can i can already see in the trailer um even like the first trailer if you remember where uh the the jet was going at you know supersonic speeds and was like continually like breaking the sound barrier like (laughs) dude is really 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 good that's cool that's that's one of the most exciting things that i want to see I think um, the, from what I can remember of the, the original Top Gun, the the best parts of it were on the ground. and it's true. The, yeah, and getting the personalities of, of the characters, you know. But I think that the best parts of this are going to be in the air.
1: That, see, that would be awesome to see. That would be awesome to see, especially in today's with today's technology and what they can do. Yeah, yeah, I'm looking forward to that, and the way you just explained him, and the way that he can use a camera, and I, I'm definitely looking forward. You just got me a little more excited over it now. Thank oh, yeah. You. Oh, yeah, <laughs>
0: definitely. Definitely. So, let's move from uh, Top Gun Maverick, which is a really good trailer, to a completely different type of film. Mm-hmm. This one is The Woman in the Window, starring Amy Adams and Julian Moore, and it's about a Woman who has agoraphobia and basically she's too scared to leave her apartment. Like she's morbidly afraid of leaving her apartment, so she just stays indoors all day, every day. Um, and things get crazier as she, you know, tries to overcome her fear. She lets one of her neighbors into her life, and things go a little haywire from there. And that's putting it lightly. So, Christian, <laughs> what do you think of the trailer for the woman in the window?
1: I have to be completely honest. This was not on my radar until I saw it come through on Twitter today. Amy Adams was uh, trending throughout the day. Uh, so I clicked on it and was like, okay, why is she uh, trending? And oh, holy shit, this is why she's trending. I, I don't know if this is an overstatement. You and I talked about this off the pot a little. She has become over the years one of my personal favorite actresses. I think she's one of the best in the business. I love her. Um, and this has such a great cast with Gary Oldman and Jennifer Jason Lee. I believe Anthony Mackie's in it. Um, there's a couple of other folks that, that we know, oh, Julian Moore, right? She's in mm-hmm. it too. Such a great cast that they've put together here. This is the kind of stuff that you expect from uh, Fox. Mm-hmm. And I really hope that under Disney, they said that they wanted to purchase these, this studio for a reason. And mm-hmm. that was the reason why. And I really hope that it continues under them. Very Hitchcockian. Um, it, you know, very Al- Alfred Hitchcock. Uh, I, I read a quick synopsis. They said it's based on a psychological suspense thriller, which I, yeah. I hope to read at some point. Uh, and comes a, it's a mind-bending drama that makes us question what's real and whether our protagonist is a reliable narrator. Mm-hmm. And that's the part of it that I really enjoyed in the trailer. I love movies that make you second guess that. I think that's fantastic. And when they were playing around in the trailer, I guess at one point there was a guy that was stabbing. And it went through what she was guarding herself with. And when she drops it, nobody's there. And there's no knife there either. So can you really believe what she's saying? Those are the kind of psychological thrillers that me personally, I really like. I was pleasantly surprised by this. I'm not sure yet if I'll go see it in the theater just because of you know timing and what else is going on out there. But I got to tell you, you guys and what happened in Twitter and everything absolutely put this movie on my radar. And I really now am starting to read more about it.
0: Mm. yeah um this one was a on my reader and has been for a very 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 long time mm. i'm a huge fan of amy adams she's probably one of my top five actresses um like working right now maybe even of all time and so i follow her career very very closely mm. what i will say is that it doesn't look like i expected it to look um, I don't know. I expected it to be a bit darker, a bit more shadowy. Mm-hmm. It seems like quite brightly lit, which I'm not sure how that meshes with the subject matter, since it seems to be mm-hmm. more mysterious, you know, kind of film. Um, so the cinematography, I'm not sure how much I'm liking what I'm seeing in terms of the the, the lights and choices. But I do like how you're able to see out of her apartment. On, into the other apartment, into the street. It's going to be very, very interesting how the director plays with those camera angles and tells visual story mm-hmm. in terms of what's going on with her in the story and what's going on in the outside world. I, I'll be, I hope that he does some really interesting things because it will be a shame to have this sort of um, setup and not be able to, you know, play very nicely with what's going on to in the inside, what's going on in, on the outside, her perspective from the inside, outside. Yeah. All that kind of stuff. Um, one of the first things that you mentioned when you were watching the trailer is you talked about her her size. Yeah. And I thought that, <laughs> that was like real that was something I noticed as well. Yeah uh, it was noticeable. Yeah. She looks like someone who doesn't leave the house. Right. Right. Yeah. She she doesn't look specially um put together in terms of, you know, Having her makeup done, and having her look all together, she doesn't look super healthy in terms of her skin tone. Mm-hmm. She obviously doesn't see a lot of sunshine, so her skin is quite blotchy and a little bit um, starved of sunlight. Yeah, and kind of pasty. Yep. Yeah, she's not you know out there working out in the gym and being very like, <laughs> walking long distances, or so she's overweight, a little bit overweight, not morbidly overweight, but no, you know, no. Uh-huh. Um, I, I, so I, I think that, that those were very good choices. Um, and those really brought me immediately into the mind state of who this type of person is. Amy Adams is a gorgeous woman, Jeez. she
1: really is. Right?
0: She's and highly on she- her. A lot of people talk about who they think is Honda oh, Gal Gadot, Margaret Robbie, mm-hmm. um, Evangeline Lily, Scarlett Johansson, and they just seem to overlook the fact that Amy Adams is drop dead gorgeous beautiful stunning so um for her to you know be brave enough bold enough and enough of a craftsman to completely shed her ego and just commit to the role is very impressive to see just it just adds more to to my excitement go ahead i'm
1: so happy you said that i'm so happy you said that because not a lot of uh, actresses i think in the world that we live in today where every little thing that they do if they have a blemish on their skin they're mm-hmm. picked apart if there's a little bit of a role they're like oh you're fat you know people mm-hmm. start ripping mm-hmm. them and then they body shame them from being too skinny <laughs> so for her to have the the balls if you will i hate to say that but it's true mm-hmm. to do this and also she gained weight remember she got a little hefty for the fighter Mm -hmm. too Mm -hmm. uh and and so she's doing a little bit of a christian bale there Mm -hmm. and i give her a ton of credit for having the courage to do that i'm so happy you said that Mm because i couldn't agree with you more
0: Mm -hmm. yeah and uh the only thing about the trailer itself is that i felt the trailer showed too much yeah now now you can make the argument that maybe there is more
1: (laughs) that's right you don't you don't know whether she's a reliable source right exactly
0: Yep. So it's possible that they didn't show, you know, everything, and that there's actually quite a lot more. But I still feel like they could still have hidden this, and that could have just been even more to see. Right. Sometimes, like trailers like these, they reek of desperation to me. Yeah. Like, they're like, oh, please see our movie, please, 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 please see our movie. This is all <laughs> you know, and I'm like, you got Amy Adams, you got a great movie. Hopefully. Um, critics and influences and whoever they get to see the movie first will Mm -hmm. will will recognize its goodness if it is i'm not assuming that it is but it's amy adams and her track record is stellar Uh, she doesn't pick bad projects or bad directors so hopefully um you know influences and critics and People who, you know, publicize movies before they come out will see it and will do that job for you. You don't have to ruin your movie by, you know, showing too much of it. So that's my only thing. My only two things were, as I said, the lighting choices are are not what I would have expected. Um, and also I feel it, it was one of those trailers that spoiled way too much.
1: Yeah. I could see your point on that definitely. Um I think the final thing I would mention I believe when I was reading about it after I got excited for the trailer uh earlier that this was one of those movies after the merger that was in limbo that they weren't sure Disney was going to give the green light to go to go forward wow. and uh, man I'm real glad it did. I'm glad the That's guys li- at 20th Century so Fox convinced
0: them. Same, yeah. Great. Great. So definitely looking forward to that one. And now for the big Kahuna. Woohoo. <laughs> Woo! from Christopher Nolan starring John David Washington we've been waiting for this for a long time Christopher Nolan makes massive events out of his trailers he's one of those guys who still adheres to you know old school type of you know marketing Oh yeah! he doesn't just throw everything on the internet and saturate you know the the airwaves with, with material he least things mysterious and um yeah this trailer was something else so oh, man. christian go ahead and tell me what you think
1: man I, I I said this uh you know to you before we started recording I would ne- never claim to be an old school Christopher Nolan fan that knew everything about Christopher Nolan before I saw Batman Begins. Mm-hmm. And he took one of my favorite superheroes and created a trilogy Of movies where that man and that person could exist in our real world Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and uh and a guy later of course I learned who Christopher Nolan was and uh a director and a creator of his stature to respect the source material like that and say you know what I'm gonna do it my way wow I mean so I will always because of that have respect for him and since then I've discovered movies like The Prestige and I've discovered movies like Memento Mm-hmm. and a bunch of other movies that he's made and i'm so happy because i have really learned to love this guy i really have mm-hmm. uh, it, 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 interstellar was a good movie inception was fantastic it's a mm-hmm. fantastic movie it's one of my favorites still of all time i love that movie so when this was like a quote unquote secret project and and it was very it was kept in the dark everybody was talking about how christopher nolan had the secret project and you just mentioned that you were 100 percent correct the hype train was real Mm -hmm. Building it up old school style, talking about it, talking it up. The trailer's dropping on Thursday, guys. It's coming out. You know, everybody's getting all ready for it to a point where we were like marking on our calendars that we're getting a trailer. You know, it's certain. And I have to admit, the trailer did not disappoint. However, I will admit, I still don't have an effing clue what's going on in the trailer. It's uh, It's got a fantastic cast with Robert Pattinson and Michael Caine and Kenneth Branagh, who by the way looks a little bit like a Bond villain mm-hmm. in this. <laughs> Excuse me. The only thing I can, I can deduce from the trailer is a gentleman is trying. It's all about international espionage spy mm-hmm. stuff. He's trying to stop World War III from happening and they're going to be doing some tri- time travel shenanigans. There were some really cool quasi inception moments in this where things were going forward then they were going backwards again. Mm-hmm. Cars stopped from flipping, then all of a sudden they reformed themselves again. So, again, I don't know 100% what's going on, but this guy has me hooked no matter what he freaking does. And I just am so looking forward to this. And this is a second one, just like I talked about Top Gun. This is another one that you can count me in in at the very beginning from day one.
0: Oh, yeah. Uh, Christopher Nolan, is—he he's batshit crazy, this guy. Uh, In case you didn't (laughs) know, my favorite director of all time is Zack Snyder. My second favorite director is Christopher Nolan. And my third would be David Fincher and then Guy Ritchie. But that is to say that <clears throat> whatever he does, I'm all in. His track record is unlike no Speaks other. One thing itself. about me is that as much as you know I claim to, oh, you know, love cinema and love dramas and love, you know, small movies and alter cinema, I love big epic massive blockbuster films Mm -hmm. but i love it when they're done with prestige sensibilities and that is what christopher nolan specializes in he's gonna make a big blockbuster but he's gonna add a twist to it some very intelligent highly intellectual concept and twist to it that just makes it you know different it's not going to be your, you know normal vacuum. it's not gonna be like a fast and furious movie it's <laughs> no, add no. you know a little bit a little bit extra to it and I have no idea what's going on here but my mind is already blown I've only watched the trailer once so I'm gonna spend some time you know over the next couple of days watching about a million times definitely but, uh, <laughs> that's funny that's but funny it looks fantastic the cinematography obviously as usual looks drop dead gorgeous John David Washington's out there looking like a star dude Absolutely. like it's crazy this is Denzel Washington's son yeah so yeah. impressed by the fact that he's standing on his own two feet mm-hmm. like nobody's looking at him and saying oh this is nepotism hollywood never no. because to as a matter of fact in his story, it isn't. He actually said like he didn't tell his dad he was like, you know, going for additions and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And mm-hmm. he actually like changed his name and you know, so he actually like got all this on his own and it's so impressive. And also so I'm so impressed with Christopher Nolan for him casting uh, a black lead in his movie. It's not something that he had to do. I'm sure he's doing it for diversity, you know, sake. He's just doing it just because it's the right actor, and he has a good feeling about, about him. But still, I'm really happy about it because a lot of times for black actors to get a break, especially with directors of this magnitude, it tends to be movies where it has to be a black person
1: playing the role. Right, right. You know? and, I, and I agree with you, by the way. I think Nolan is not that kind of guy. He's the kind of guy that would simply say, you know what? This guy is the right guy for my role. That's it.
0: Mm-hmm. And He's going
1: to kick ass, and I want yep. him. That's
0: yep, it. and and I'm just I'm super excited for this movie. We know nothing. We don't know who the villain is. We don't even know the full scope and explanation of whatever this time travel manipulation is. Yes, but I do know that what we have so far sounds amazing. It it is quite interesting that what they're stopping is World War Three. I mean, like. Yeah, how, how much more epic can it is!
1: <laughs> it almost
0: doesn't sound real, but because it I is, know, but and uh, everything about
1: this trailer worked, man. The music, worked. the action, it, worked. it just it worked. It sold me on the movie. But I, I probably yeah, I was pre-sold anyway. But <laughs> you know, it sold me on the movie. It's great. I can't
0: wait to re-watch the trailer. Honestly, I'm going to spend a lot of time re-watching it. And
1: I'm yeah, with you. I have to see it again. And and you know what? It it, it speaks to. I'll shut up after this, but it speaks to. Christopher Nolan is one of the only directors left out there that a, a movie studio would toss serious money at and give him a great budget to make something that's not a franchise, not a comic book movie, yep. not Fast and the Furious. Like, say, hey, man, you got an original idea? Bring it on and here's $120 million. Whatever. Go ahead. Have at it. There's, uh, there's not a lot this, of directors left.
0: This is one of the most expensive movies ever. It's $250 million. Ooh. That's that, that's just unheard of for a movie that's not a superhero movie. Like what? But I can wow. see it. Like we can see like a lot of like practical. Obviously, they did stuff in the editing bay to do all the time travel stuff. But sure, you saw the scaling, the building, and all those yeah. stunts. Like yeah. that was that was practical. That was, there was no CGI right there, and that's just. And obviously, there's going to be like a lot of, you know, location shoots in different, you know, countries and that stuff costs a lot of money to move crews and equipment and have those people on payroll for a long time. So I'm just interested in seeing like like what's going to be. And uh, the film exiles, we're going to drop our uh, special video. It's going to be called in the spotlight. It's for our top 10 most anticipated movies of 2020. We're going to be dropping it sometime between uh, Christmas and New Year's. And this movie is definitely going to be on. Oh, on i if
1: it wasn't. Uh, <laughs> I'd be yeah, shocked
0: if yeah, it wasn't. It, it. it, it's like we have no choice. It's just. <laughs> it is. It is that. It is that movie.
1: We so, uh um, We bow. <laughs> yeah. So
0: out of uh, all these trailers, what was your favorite? And which one had the most impact on you?
1: Ooh. Uh, the one that had the most impact on me was Tenet. That's the one that had the most impact on me, uh, and it's and then and part of that is because I'm biased. Mm-hmm. My favorite though might might weird uh, that might be weird to you is actually Top Gun. Mm. That was my favorite one. No yeah. so weird
0: to me. Not weird to me. I can see that because yeah. the Top Gun the Top Gun trailer is in terms of thrills and 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 just how it feels the way it's cut. The Top Gun trailer actually is the best one. But mm-hmm. the thing about the Tenant trailer is just that. The story, the concept is just mind blowing. Like, you know, you're so in good. for something that's going to stand the test of time. The same way, like, we think about Inception, and yeah. we're like, wow, we know that we're potentially in for something like that. And so, um, I think that's how I'd categorize the trailers. The woman in the window trailer was a little bit disappointing to me, to be Mm -hmm. sincere. I'm still high on that movie just because of the talent involved and what I can be. But I think the best cut trailer was um, Top Gun. Mm -hmm. But um, in terms of impact, I think that uh, Tenet Tenet just made me feel some kind of way.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I definitely agree. It's, it. T- that's the one that, if you're going to say impacting, yeah, that impacted me the most. But it was for some reason, Top Gun for me was just probably the most fun and was the best trailer. But yeah, uh, whoo baby, we, we we got three good ones this week. We really awesome.
0: did. So we really did. So there it is, uh, another episode of ENN. This was ENN number fifteen. It was a pleasure to be on with Christian. Christian, before we head out, is there anything you want to say to people? Do you want to calm people down about all this Star Wars craziness?
1: <laughs> yeah, look, man, just from an old school Star Wars fan, everybody chill out. Please just try to try to enjoy the movie. Don't go in with any preconceived notions saying this I is going to stink. And try not to hate watch the movie, please. Just watch it for what it is and just enjoy Star Wars. That's it. Just yeah. have fun. It's a bunch of space wizards. Have fun. Come yep.
0: on. and And if you don't like it, just keep it moving. Like, focus on things that you love in life. Stop with the hate. Obsessing over hate, you know? And for people who, you know, enjoy the movie, let them enjoy the movie. Don't ruin it for them. Don't go on the internet and on YouTube and, you know, post your hate everywhere so that, you know, it becomes such a horrible
1: experience for them, you know? I couldn't agree more, Lupe. I couldn't agree more. Uh,
0: That wraps up this episode for us. And I have been Lupe, as usual. That's not going to change anytime soon. You can find me <laughs> on Twitter at Live Love Lupe. And, Kristen, where can the people find to discuss films with you?
1: If you want, you can hit me up on Twitter at Chart6363. I'm the therapeutic guitarist.
0: There you go. And for the film Exiles, to you, our lovely audience, see you next time and stay exiled.